Okay, good morning, everybody. Mike Courtney, Mass Mutual, Eastern Pennsylvania, here on a pretty dreary and rainy Wednesday morning. Joined, as always, by my good friend and counterpart, Steve Parisi, President and CEO of IBC Global. Steve, how's the week going for you? Thumbs up, my friend. Mile a minute, good. but that's always the case. Always. <laughs> um, today, we want to talk a little bit about policy design, something that, uh, you know, Steve and I both get pretty excited about. I've got uh, a litany of brokers and advisors who are working with me on a regular basis who are looking for, you know, tricks and tools to maximize cash accumulation, maximize uh, supplemental retirement income that comes out of these whole life policies, uh, maximize cash flow for some reason or another. And I'm very comfortable saying that uh, Steve is the best of the best when it comes to, uh, you know, not just Mass Mutual, which is primarily who I represent, but uh, just whole life in general and how to get the most out of these contracts. So Steve, when, when people come to you looking for help, these, a lot of times I've found these whole life companies, the illustration systems and the, the underlying policies themselves are, um, you know, not real easy to figure out. It's not like push a button and here's how you maximize values. Correct. Um, I wish it was. Some softwares are with some companies, but when you look at some of the larger carriers, Mass Mutual and Guardian specifically, um, the software is complex. There's a learning curve to it as you have different products, different premium and PUA limits with different products, um, depending on what option you're, you're considering, how long you want to pay into the policy, how much flexibility you want. And as you start to design a policy in a different way, there's, there's different variables that impact how you can fund that policy, how much, how long, you've got to consider the mech. So just as I mentioned those different parts, that can sound very overwhelming. Um, when I was initially in the business and learning all of this, it, it was overwhelming. I liked it too, so that helped where I could really take the time and dig into it. And I still do whenever there's an update, I like going through everything. Um, but you do have to know the game, know the software, and then also know the specific rules that exist with each insurance company that you're using and with each product that you're using. Um, because sometimes I can use level term riders with one product and I can't use it with another. Or sometimes I have higher PUA fees with one product and I don't have it with another. So just knowing those small details will really go a long way just with equipping you with the proper knowledge. So when you're actually modeling the soft, modeling the policy in the software, you can design it for maximum cash value. And then when you get all that done, step two is practicing communicating it in, in English to your consumer so they get it too. <laughs> Good luck with that. So, yeah, so I mean, it's not just um, let's maximize cash value and avoid mech. Each of these companies has, um, you know, these riders that we, you would use to accomplish that, that then also have all these little, idiosyncratic, or I don't know what the word would be for that. Uh, you know, just all, all these little weird rules and, and yeah. regulations that go along with them that, um, you know, a lot of times as, as, as an advisor or as someone who's designing the policy, you're in a scenario where like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And it can be tough to figure out where to go. So what's, how do you get up to speed? I mean, aside from, I think I know what you did, which is like literally, reading policy contract language 
and digging into like all the detail behind these riders. If you're, you know, not Steve Parisi policy design superstar and you're like average Joe, is there a path to really digesting the software and the design and the policy and how it works? Yeah, definitely. Are there short, are there shortcuts? There are, there are. And thank you for the the kind words. I would put not put myself yeah. at superstar level. Not not yet. I'm working on it. Well, you worked uh, real hard to to yeah. figure all this stuff out. I mean, it was a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It, it, and yeah. I still try and put a lot of time in. Um, but I appreciate that. Um, so shortcuts there are. So there's a lot of details which you hit on. What we do to provide short shortcuts for our team, for example, if we bring in case designers or training agents, or maybe it's a broker that wants to work with us through ILS, we've got recordings of how to maneuver the software. So what we'll do is here's a sample case where someone wants to pay in X amount of dollars for five years. Here's what it looks like if they want to pay in for 30 years. Here's what it looks like if they want to adjust their payments as the years pass. So literally what I'll do is create a screen recording, whether I'm using a screen share application, Zoom, whatever it might be, and just walk through the software and and I'm talking at the same time as I'm doing it. So it takes a lot of time to put it together. But then this way, the viewer, a broker, a broker, an agent can see it. And then I'm speaking directly to them. Here's what to do. Watch out for this term rider reduction over here. If you cut it too early, if it's with mass mutual, you can't continue to pay lesser premiums. You run into a mech and here's the bad when it actually happens. So just walking through all of it. This way I can know how to drive the car instead of having to read all of the contract language, the rider manuals, which is learning how to build the car. Um, you need the actuarial tables for that too, I'd imagine. But you know my point. If I can just see the software recording, recording how we design policies has been the most effective way there. Um, and really just going through not just how to design a strong policy, but how to design a bad policy. Maybe it's designed with a high cap, high cash value, cash value, strong cash accumulation, short term, long term. But there's some issues there where I can run into a mech. Prime example with Mass Mutual, I can run an illustration on the software, can tell me that it's a non mech. However, if I switch the state to Texas, hit calculate, I'll see uh, guaranteed values, midpoint values, and current dividend values. And then I can see if I'll run into a mech issue long term. A lot of people aren't aware of a l- one little thing like that. So that's where we'll just go through the software. Here it looks good. Here's a means to double check it and just take your time going through everything. So we'll show them exactly how to do that. And that cuts the time down to, I don't know, 20% of what it would be because they don't have to dig into the contract language and the rider manuals, which that verbiage can be confusing to anyone. You know, sidebar, and then I want to get back to this. I still, I I can't, I guess I just can't retain it. Uh, And particular to mass, our illustration software will tell you if the illustration that you're generating is a mech, then sometimes it'll give you a supplemental mech, like this will mech in year 56. How do you, plain English, how do you explain that to someone when I'm thinking, even as a, you know, fairly seasoned professional, insurance professional, I'm thinking the mech is seven years. Once I'm past seven years, in my mind, prior to, to this kind of conversation. Once I get past seven years, I will not Mac. 
Gotcha. I wish it was like that. I used to think that too because of the seven pay test. So you have the initial seven pay test and then every you've got a new seven pay test every seven years. So it's a constant mech test. And where that can change is if there's a, a material change, that's the verbiage uh, to the life insurance policy, which really means I am removing a term rider, I'm adding riders, maybe I make a PUA dump, maybe I add a big PUA dump in, which pushes my death benefit up. If there's a material change to the policy, then the MEC test resets for another seven years. Okay. So there's things- oh, Great that- explanation. Okay. That, that's, that's, that's like, now I think I can retain that. Um, (laughs) so to summarize what you said before in general, you know, advisors who are, um, affiliated with your agency and signed up on ILS, which is your training platform, um, are going to see a lot of really good video content showing them kind of nitty gritty how to design these policies. So that's, you know, for anybody who's listening uh, if you want to talk to Steve about this, that that's a, a great way to move forward and a great way really to pick up a lot of training uh, in a variety of areas. Outside of that, if you're um, like, what's been your experience? If I call into the Mass Mutual sales desk or I call into the Guardian sales desk and I say, hey, I've got somebody wants to put in $25,000 a year for X amount of years. We're looking to use... Yeah. Um, lesser and ALIR to maximize cash value. What do you? What kind of output do you think they would get? Um, that could be challenging, and that's not meant to be disrespectful to customer service reps or mass sure. mutual or any company. It happens with all companies. For example, if I called up as an agent or broker, or mass mutual, and said I want to make an addition of twenty five thousand dollars, it's fifty grand into lesser or ALIR. Depending on what day you ask and who you talk to, you'll get a variety of answers. Some will tell you no. Some will tell you underwriting is required. And it's difficult for a broker. Like you just want to know what can I do that keeps life convenient for my client and gives them the best overall value. Like that's what I want to know. Just tell me the direction. Like the, show me the options so I can do it. Um, so with Mass Mutual, for example, their ALER um, rules are a little bit sticky. You know, you've got the first three years. If you constantly make ALER payments, you get a little bit of flexibility after that. But I can't just dump in money at leisure, kind of with their planned ALER, but not really when you look at it. Um, but it's difficult. ALER is great if I'm making a systematic payment, just like my base premium. That's where you can really make that rider look good, especially from a long-term mech test, mech test standpoint as well. Their lesser rider in my opinion, makes Mass Mutual, who's typically an inflexible company, very flexible. A lot of people that we speak with typically return, they like Mass Mutual for the company's size, their financials, their historical performance, but that lack of flexibility. I want the ability to pay in $100,000, but I don't want to get billed for 100 grand. Man, I wish Mass Mutual was like another carrier where I could just dump money in any time. Well, if you have Lister, that allows you to adjust that payment, the lister premium, one time per year. Every year, this can be year one, and then I cannot do it again till year 10. Provided it's on my anniversary date, I just scale it up or down to the amount I want. It's a big PUA payment, a little bit goes toward the one-year term rider, and that's it. Um, and we measure it each year, but you can do it without underwriting, which is very, very nice. So it's just knowing things like that instead of having to rely on 
a customer service center or rep, that's where it can be the where an issue can pop up because have you ever been told been told something from customer service and it comes from the company so you think it must be true? Yep. And then it's not true and then you feel like I look like an idiot in front of my client once like a that. week. That yeah. that's it happens all the time. And I used to be guilty of that and I would get furious um internally. I, I try not to get furious toward others. But just furious because I'm like, I, I went and communicated this to the client and I got the information from you, the reputable source. And it's like, you can't do that stuff. So what I, it was at that point in time when I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do it for myself and just started reading everything and digging into it. And that's that's what you have to do. Um, but anyway, that was a lot of info. <laughs> so we can use, so for mass in particular, it seems to me, and from what I've seen with working with you and working with other professionals you can use that listener rider to toggle back and forth uh, until that's paid up like there will be a point in time correct. where the listener's all paid up and then you're you're you might be out of flexibility correct correct and that's where conversation's important if someone wants to pay into a policy for a long period of time we'll put the proper dollar amount toward listener and ailer so they can just shove money in for 50 years or however long they want to pay into it but if life happens, then you can pull back on the ailer, increase it again on lister. You know, there's things you can do. You just have to know how to drive that car so you can drive it at the per at the speed limit as the speed limit adjusts over the <laughs> over right. your journey. Yeah. And then with regards to a company like Guardian, I would imagine that. Um, I mean, I know what you're going to say about Guardian, but you you know there is more flexibility, but. It's also a different car and you still have to learn how to drive that car that's going to maximize that. You know, there's going to be some other set of rules and, and regulations that are going to work really well in some scenarios and might not work as well in other scenarios. And you have to kind of figure out your way to, to navigate through that. that. That's it. If you know the rules of the game or you know the car that you're driving and you know how to accelerate properly, you know how the brakes work, it's, a, it's your car, you're familiar with it. It's not a new car. You ever get a rental and the brakes are different? It's like, oh, it's jerking me when every time I yeah. hit the brakes. Yeah. Yeah. So if I am comfortable with it, then I can drive it nice and smooth and there's no chance of an accident unless someone else hits me. <laughs> but yeah, my, my point is, same thing with Guardian compared to Mass. There's differences there when you look at their PUA limits and what, how they change if you add a one-year term rider. And it's just important to be aware of the different options as a broker and or an agent. This way you, you have full transparency um, because yeah, there's, there's so much language in the contracts and on the illustrations that sometimes contradicts it, it, itself. Um, and people can get nervous when they read one thing saying, hey, you told me I could pay 10x the base, but I'm limited to 3x. And here it is in writing. It is there in writing. But also then here's an additional provision from the insurance company that does permit you to pay in 10x as long as this rider's attached. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what I want. Right. But it's just, oh, I know that. So now I can open that door. <laughs> right. That, yeah. What, um, I guess... Is there other is there other schools of thought out there with regards to like what would be the counter argument that, for someone who would say we're better with just base premium? You're going to have a better policy. Is there a counter argument? Yeah. So I don't I don't do that myself because I haven't seen that benefit a policy for those interested in max cash value. 
Here's what I'll say about an all base premium policy. You have no risk of mech. Whatever your payment is, it is what it is. It's very straightforward. You don't have to think about anything as the broker or the client for that matter. Um, you'll have a, an initial guaranteed death benefit. Cash will accumulate over time. Um, if you're going with an all base premium policy, I would every single time look at the guaranteed and non-guaranteed values. I've just seen higher base premium policies just looking at a long horizon or, or long historical look back. All base premium policies tend to perform not as close to the non-guaranteed values. They underperform a bit more. That's where we see a lot of bad reviews or hate on whole life from consumers out there. Um, but just properly set expectations for yourself by looking at everything if cash accumulation is your goal. Um, you know, if it's a premium finance case with estate planning, you can get creative with riders and such and, and get more value out of it. But if it's just, hey, I want something simple, here's the money going in, all base, yeah, that sounds good. Some people prefer to do that. And I'm not going to judge them and say, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. This is what the client wants. You know, our thing is we're always going to show the options. People that want to work with us, they can. Um, and if they don't, we're not going to be critical of them or anything like that. That's just, I wouldn't like that if someone did it to me. So I'm not going to do right. it to them. That makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, for any brokers and advisors out there who are interested in anything that Steve and I talked about today, feel free to reach out to either one of us at any time. I'm Mike Courtney, Mass Mutual Eastern Pennsylvania. Steve Parisi is the president and CEO of IBC Global. Uh, if you're struggling with case design or want to learn more about how to really maximize value with a whole life policy and cash accumulation, uh, these are definitely the two guys to talk to. Uh, yep. Steve, thanks a lot for your time today. And I'll be talking to you soon. Likewise. Thanks so much, Mike. Enjoy. See you guys. Thanks.